Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Oh, yeah. Just getting rolling. Here on this Friday night edition of Overtime, it's the Youngest in Charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking up to 10 o'clock before we hand things over to the JR Sport Brief. He will take you deep into the early morning of Saturday. Right now, though, we got business to take care of. Not going to lie, a little bit of a longer break there. I'm more calm coming out of this break. Because each and every segment, it feels like we're resetting this thing, and you all know what we're talking about, Washington embarrassed last night on Thursday Night Football. And it's our job, it's my responsibility to try to figure out what happened. To try and figure out why a group that was widely considered a top five to seven unit in football, trying to figure out why that same group is now on pace to give up the most points ever in a single NFL season. And I said it at the top of the show, I'm not one to blame players. I'm not one to just blame coaches. What happened last night, what happened last night was an organizational failure. They've been embarrassed in two out of their first five games And they've both been at home in front of sellout crowds. And I just wonder, I just wonder, what is the recipe to fixing this? Because see, we can sit here and talk about the problem all day long. Where is the damn solution? How does this never happen again? Because I thought I was past having to do radio like this. I thought I was. Because I was insufferable after what happened last Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. At home, once again, I might add. I thought we were past that. But clearly this group hadn't figured it out yet. And I'm trying to figure out what's it going to take. Have some pride about you. Chicago was on a 14-game losing streak coming into last night. And not only did they come to your crib in front of a sellout crowd and whoop up on you, it's the equivalent It's the equivalent of me walking into a married man's home, putting my feet up on his couch, cracking his Miller Lite open, Putting his hand, put my hand all in his cookie jar, smacking his wife on the ass. It's that level of disrespect when a team on a 14 game losing streak comes into your crib and puts their foot in your ass. Call it what it is. Call it exactly what it is. It's embarrassing what happened last night. Talked about the explosive plays. That's what's so damning to me. Talk about third down defense. That's what's so damning to me. Washington last year was number one in the National Football League in terms of getting their opponent off the field on third down. You fast forward to this year, they've dropped all the way to 21st. They're 29th against the run after being a top 10 unit in that category last year. They had the eighth best pass defense in football, yet they're now 28th in that category. Just wholesale regression all across the board. Yet it feels like no one's taking responsibility for it. Wholesale regression 
from top to bottom on this defense, yet no one's being held accountable. Played the audio clip for you earlier. I want to run it back for you again because the comments are just that damning to me. There are 10 days between now and Washington's next contest. Ron Rivera earlier today spoke about whether or not he would make changes to this defensive coaching staff. Ron, you mentioned last night that you'll review everything and look to make necessary adjustments. At this point, do you expect that to include any changes to the staff? No, no. We've, what, game five, we've got 12 left to play. Um, there's plenty of football left, and we haven't had an opportunity to finish uh, you know, working on things that I talked about last night. we still got several things to go through. Even though I admit I hate that he said it, there are 12 more games left. Even though it is a statement that lacks testosterone and lacks machismo and lacks swagger, there are 12 more cracks at it for the rest of the year. Yeah, there is a lot of football left to be played this season, but you got to make your layups. 14 teams that have played the Bears in their last, you know, last time 14 Bears like gone out there, they've made their layups. We can't miss our layups and then just, you know, get vi- or like moral victories against the Eagles and stuff like that. Like it's like you got to take the gimmies because you only get so many on your schedule. And everyone chalked up that game before the season is that's a dub. And Eminem, you're a gambling man. You win some, you lose some. It's the sport of gambling. To Expound upon what you just said in terms of making your layups. I love the phrase. How many more times this year is Washington going to be favored? They were six-point favorites heading into last night. Even Vegas bought into what the hell y'all was selling. And that's the effort that they put out. Yeah, to be honest, after last night's performance, they don't deserve to be favored in any game. Ever! For the rest of the year. You've got two matchups against the Giants. You got Dallas twice. You got New York. Talking about the Jets, you got San Fran, you got Miami. You're not better than any of the teams I just listed. So as you said, Eminem, odds are they will not be favored again for the rest of the year. And that's a super oxymoron. Odds are they won't be favored again. I'm telling you, man, youngest in charge, but I'm sharp. I'm sharp. Jim is in Capitol Heights. What's up, Jim? Yeah, first of all, let me thank that Giants fan for giving us the first silver lining in 24 hours. Come on, man. Because it's, br- it's been a brutal 24 hours. But it, it's all about the coaching, man. I mean, they, they are not preparing these guys for the game. Think We have not made any defensive adjustments at all. The, the, the linebackers have been non-existent. We've made no adjustments to it. We didn't prepare them in the preseason. The enemy did. That's why the offense is outperforming what we expected. And all you had to do was listen to Justin Fields' interview after the game last night. Yep. He said, we watched films. We saw they were jumping the routes, so we just did double moves. I mean, apparently we can't watch film, but they can. <laughs> Jim, I feel your pain, my man. Let me, let, me, let me ask you the more specific question. Who are you blaming? You said coaching. But is there one coach in particular you're blaming, or are you just saying the entire staff? Well, no, there's two. There's two. It's, it's Ron Rivera and Del Rio. And, and what better time? I, I, I'm with you. I don't like to fire people, but sometimes i got to do that in my job. Yeah. And what better time than when we have 10 days before the next game? Hello. And the truth of it is, is that Rivera doesn't want to do it because it'd be a lot of hard work. <laughs> if, if he let somebody go right now, he'd have to do a lot of hard work, and he doesn't want to do that. Jim, I can't. I, you're not lying. I mean, let, let's just call it what it is. And I appreciate the call, my man. But let's just call it what it is because Jim may have just opened up a can of worms on this. If they do go out and fire Jack Del Rio, and I don't even want to say fire because I don't even think it would be that drastic. If they were to, if they were to strip Jack Del Rio of his play calling duties, I I don't believe there's anyone on Washington's defense who has the experience and track record of calling plays defensively. Oh, wait! Ron Rivera does. But let's just look at the facts of the situation. When Ron was hired back in 2020, we knew this was going to be a coach-centric approach. We knew he was going to be, I jokingly at the time, said he was now Ron the decider. Because Ron decides every damn thing. He hired Scott Turner, gave him complete autonomy of the offense. 
He hired Jack Del Rio, gave him complete autonomy of the defense. If he now, after four years, goes out and fires Jack and undoes and undoes four years of work that Del Rio was put in, would the defense actually be better off for it? Let's just be real, right? Ron does not strike me at this point in his career as some sort of X's and O's guru. He just doesn't. He just doesn't. Lucky enough for me, I got the chance to go out to training camp and be boots on the ground and watch how this operation performs on a day-to-day basis. To, to, to say that Ron Rivera, Ron, let me put it like this. Let me put it like this. Ron Rivera is the de facto leader of this football team. De facto. Ron Rivera is the head coach by title. Not sure how involved Ron Rivera is in terms of X's and O's. And that's a problem. That's a problem. I said it earlier. I'll say it again. The commanders hired a defensive-minded head coach. They have a former head coach as their defensive coordinator, and they've used five out of their seven picks in the top two rounds on defense under this regime, yet they're on pace to be the worst defense in the history of the National Football League. Huh, Andre, my man, what's going on? Linnell, Linnell, Linnell. I know. We We actually agree on everything today, man. <laughs> it's hard not to agree on this, brother. Come on. Well, no, specifically with blame. So, so let me say this. Mm-hmm. So I'm a season ticket holder, right? I have been for 16 years. So they, they started doing this stuff recently where they're bringing out, the, you know, they're hosting these special events. One of the things they've been doing is this thing called Coach's Corner where they bring out, like, so this year it was a defensive backs coach. And he said something very interesting. He, so our base defensive back scheme is something that he, he, he calls, uh, and it's a common term, it's called zone match. It's, a, it's not it's zone, a, yep, it's a zone, and it's match. not man. It's a hybrid. Yep. And so what it requires, he was, he was going through some, some of the pre-snap stuff. It requires so much communication between the players pre-snap and while the play is going on. So I have to decide if this guy lining up at this point, if I'm going to take him when the ball snap, or if, if when he comes into my zone, I'm going to let you do it. So it's this hybrid thing, and I really think that's one of the reasons why we end up with all these people running free, because it's too much communicating. When, when it, I, I squarely put this on Jack Del Rio. Yeah. Like, this scheme just isn't working. My, my, the first game, I'll give you one, one other example. Mm-hmm. At the, uh, so my, my seats are right at the 30-yard line, right? So whenever the play comes right there, I'll whip my phone out, try to record a play, see if I can catch something good. The first play, the Buffalo had the ball. They hiked the ball. And Chase Young drops back in the coverage. Listen, that 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 is that is misuse of Chase Young's abilities. I, I, like like find somebody else to play coverage. I don't want Chase Young dropping in coverage. And so I, I refuse to believe that all of our first round picks on defense have forgotten how to play f- football. <laughs> I just refuse to believe it. Like we you 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 can actually out coach and put some of your great players in bad positions and make them look bad. And that's I promise I think that's what's going on. So, 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 so that that's my biggest thing. Then I'll give you one other thing because I'm I'm actually a Ron defender because I like him as a guy because I agree with you. I don't think he's an X and those guys, which is fine. I don't think Mike Tomlin is an X and those guy. I think he's a leader. He sets the tone, and you know, right. But but Ron's in game decisions, mm. like for example, that run that Howell went where he broke tackles and he's like laying it on the line and yes. tried to die for the first down. Go for it, right? Right after that, the the team ran over to him picked him up. There was so much momentum. Ron trots out the field goal team. That, that three points yeah. didn't change what, what we needed anymore. We still needed two touchdowns because we, we went from being down whatever we were to being down 11, right? So we still needed uh, – sorry, not 11. We, we, we were down uh, – uh, oh, yeah, it was 11. So we basically needed two touchdowns. So the, the field goal didn't – we were down 16 – and we, it put us down 13, I'm sorry. And so we still needed two touchdowns. So that didn't buy us anything. That's the opportunity to go for it. Like, it, it didn't make any sense at that time to try for that, to, to not go for that. It's a tough spot. Your, your, Andre, so, I it, love it, listening to you, my man. I got, I got to let you go. We're up against it. We got Kevin Sheehan getting ready to join us on the other side of the break. We get his discussion and his thoughts on what the hell happened last night. Washington falling to 2-3 and three after a 40-20 to beatdown in prime time. Uh, against the Chicago Bears. 
When we come back, we'll hear from Kevin Sheehan, the host of the Kevin Sheehan Show, weekdays 10 to 1 on our sister station, the Team 980. Does he think that Washington should make a change to this coaching staff uh, before next Sunday's game against Atlanta? Well, let's hear from Kevin Sheehan next. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back. It's overtime here on 1067 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. The youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 10 o'clock before we hand things over to the JR Sport Brief. Coming up in about 40 minutes or so, we'll let you hear from ESPN NFL analyst Dan Orlovsky. Got to sit down with him earlier today and recap what Sam Howells looked like through the first month of the season. Dan Orlovsky. Pretty bullish on Sam Howell and this Washington Commanders offense. We'll let you hear from Dan O coming up at about 9.15 or so. Right now, though, I want to go out to the BetQL guest hotline for the first time here tonight. That is where we find our pal Kevin Sheehan. He is the host of the Kevin Sheehan Show weekdays 10 to 1 over on our sister station, the Team 980. Kevin, what's going on, my man? How are you? What's up, young fella? How you doing? Uh, you know how I get down. Not, not very good after what the hell I got to witness last night. Me and your super producer, Denton Day, here on the Burgundy and Gold Game Day Live in-game show. Full disclosure, Kevin, we're in the, the 106.7 The Fan Studio, so the TV situation's kind of funky. We're watching the game in the dark. At what point the, do you, did, you, did you think the lights came on? In the dark? You we're, were, it, we were watching it in the dark so we could see better. Oh, okay, I got it. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> there wasn't much to see. <laughs> at so. about the 27-3 mark, lights come on, and we're looking at each other in here crazy like we got two heads it was unlike anything i've ever witnessed the only thing that i could compare it to in terms of expectation going into a game and then the complete letdown the the monday night massacre it was on my birthday back in what was this like 2009 2010 yeah 2010 where, where does last night rank for you in terms of letdowns in the 2000s <laughs> Uh, well, I, I mean, I did compare it to that. That was one of the games that I compared it to in terms of just an absolute one-sided, you know, game uh, at home at night. That game, if you recall, was thirty-five to nothing, like ten seconds into the second quarter, and and there was no comeback. Right. Last night, the crazy thing, and I know that you know everybody's wrapped up into forty to twenty and. 27 to 3 at halftime. But if Sly makes that field goal, I think it's a game. Like, I, I think, you know, I, I think Chicago was reeling in that moment. I think they were in big trouble. They, I mean, players were leaving the field left and right. They were gassed. You could kind of feel them starting to choke a little bit. They were trying to run the clock out. And if he makes that field goal, I think they would have gotten the ball back and had a chance to, you know, force overtime. For sure. Yeah, it definitely would have been the 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 optimal result, right? It would have been a feel-good story here locally if they were able to come back and, and punch their ticket to a victory. The one thing that I'm having a real difficult time wrapping my head around, Kevin, these are professional athletes. You've been around the game for a long time. 
It's a Thursday night primetime game at home. All the energy and excitement around this football team based on the change in ownership, I just don't feel like there's a real excuse for the way this team came out flat the way that they did last night. And that was probably, to me, the biggest, most concerning thing about last night, outside of the defense, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it, it was certainly um, it was certainly it, it one of those situations where when, as fans, we say they weren't ready, they were flat, you know, sometimes we're not right. We were right last night. <laughs> I mean, that, that was not a team that was ready. And the other team was, I mean, I said today on the show, Linnell, like if I didn't have mm-hmm. a horse in the race last night, well, I did. I mean, I had Chicago plus six. But beyond that, <laughs> I was rooting for Washington to win. But I would yeah. have just respected yeah. the way Chicago came in and played yeah. because they were the team that was at 0-4. Everybody's firing the coach. Everybody's benching the quarterback. You know, and, and everybody's mocking this team for an 0-4 start because, remember, they had some expectations yeah. before this year started. And they came in, and they were the prepared team, and – I got to tell you, like, I've been a little bit of a Justin Fields fan from afar. Mm -hmm. I thought he was great. DJ Moore was the best receiver on the field last night. And that's not a fluke, as you know. Um, He can play. He's a legit high-tier, you know, number one receiver. The back, Khalil Herbert, was awesome. Their defense was so bad against Denver and all season long. And somehow they rose up and – you know, forced punt after punt in the first half. Um, it was, if if I had been objective going into it, I would have really appreciated what Chicago sort of back to the corner came out um, and did. With that said, our team was completely unprepared. Yeah, I mean, the coach, they were out-coached, they were out-hustled, they were out-executed. Everything was just horrendous. It's one of the worst first halves I think I've ever seen any NFL team play, um, <laughs> certainly this year, 27 to three, and it could have been worse. Yeah. You know, uh, Fields missed a couple of receivers. Mooney on that first play from scrimmage could have scored. If you go back and watch that, Kendall Fuller, I think, hooks him a little bit uh, early. Um, Mooney in the end zone, I thought, got interfered with by, by St. Juice. It could have been a lot worse. Uh, you know, the, the only points uh, Washington scored was on the field goal. And before the field goal, they had a third and four. The ball was deflected, and the dude just dropped the interception. So it could have been a lot worse. Um, I agree. Then again, you know, there they were, down thirty to twenty, with a with you know what should have been a, a field goal that was easily made for you know for for a ball game with five minutes to go. And I think the fact that they climbed back into it in that fourth quarter, Kevin, is kind of what makes the loss sting more because. Up until that point, I'll be completely honest with you, maybe it's just a fan in me, and partially because we've seen this team do it already this year, up until Joey Sly misses the field goal, the entire time I felt like, all right, they'll get it going here eventually. You you see the offense start to put a couple of drives together coming out of the locker room, and that's kind of what I want to focus on more, Kevin, because you talked about it, how horrendous Chicago has been defensively here. Each and every week, though, it feels like, Kevin, the blueprint is out on how to stop Sam Howell in this commander's offense. You send delayed pressure from the secondary, and you try to confuse Sam Howell pre-snap and make him not see what he thinks he's seeing, so to speak. We saw Buffalo do it. We saw Philadelphia do it at times on Sunday. From the very get-go, it felt like, Kevin, Sam Howell at times was confused when we got into these third-down situations. Do you expect this to be something that continues moving forward? Because I'm of the belief that, yeah, I understand he's a young quarterback and you got to work through these growing pains. But I thought all offseason, Kevin, they told us he doesn't make the same mistake twice. Here, he can't get over the same mistake. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I was, you know, I, I, it wasn't that I was skeptical before the year started. I just didn't know. I've seen five games now. Yeah. And there's something there. I yes. mean, he can – he can throw it, you know, and if, if you – and I think Eric Bieniemy's done a great job the last two games specifically, including last night in the second half. Yeah. They didn't drop him back. There was still a lot of quick game. Uh, you know, the run threat became um, a zero threat. But then again, even when they ran in the first half, they didn't run it well. But 
there's something there. Like he, he can make every throw. He throws with touch. He throws with zip. He, he throws at times with anticipation. He's definitely a tough kid. I mean, he got sacked five times last night. Cooley told me today he thought that there was another six or seven sacks that he just got out of yeah. and either threw incomplete or threw or, or ended up, you know, scrambling. Think about all the times it looked like he was cornered and done and somehow escaped. Yeah. That's got to stop. Um, they're going to have to figure out. And I think, you know, going to the quick game, going to – some sprint outs and moving the pocket last week, you know, incorporating some, some of the run into the game. You know, I think that's the right kind of offense for him. Dropping him back right now is a problem. Um, but yeah, there, there are flaws, but I've seen enough to want to see a little bit more at least. And yeah. I think that, you know, I, I don't know that they can do any better. And I think right now, to be honest with you, it's better than what we've seen. Oh, 100%. Certainly in terms of arm talent in the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And I, I think what you alluded to, the fact that he can make every throw and it's accurate and it's on time for the most part, like that's the that's the step in the right direction and the reason you feel positive because, you know, physically we think he could do it. When you're talking about a fifth rounder, those physical limitations always come up because there's a reason he dropped to that point. My frustration is, and we've talked about this since the first week of the season, Kevin, I still don't feel like this group has an identity on that side of the football. And when you look at the best teams in the NFL, I understand good offensive coordinators, you want to be multiple and you want to let the the defense kind of dictate what you do. But you have to have something that you hang your hat on, right? We call it your bread and butter, so to speak, in Little League and college, right? Washington, what is their bread and butter to this point? We think it should be running the football. I think I sum it up like this, Kevin. This offense is in their best spot when they get themselves into third and manageable situations, and that's having success on first and second down with the quick game, which can sometimes supplement your runs, the natural running back screens. It it still frustrates me, though, that he comes from Kansas City where they featured – Travis Kelsey, yet he's gotten here to Washington and he's got a bevy of weapons and no one's being featured, it feels like. Yeah, Linnell, I think it's just going to take time. You know, yeah. this is he just finished his fifth start as the you know number one quarterback, six starts overall. It's a new coordinator. It's a new offense. I think this is just a work in progress. I don't know what their identity is. I don't know what it's going to be. I'm less into identity in this day and age. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the best, offensive football teams do whatever it takes on that Sunday to move the football and score points. We saw that for years with Brady and the Patriots. You know, they throw it 45 times one week and run it 12 times. And then the next week they'd run it 40 times and throw it 18 times. You know, whatever the right game plan is to move the football and score points is what I'm in favor of. Um, And, you know, I think they're just still trying to figure everything out. I think they're trying to figure him out, yeah. you know, and, and see what he does best and see what he's comfortable with. You know, the one thing that they definitely, I think, have taken, I mean, the numbers don't say it, but I do think going to more of a true West Coast or three-step drop and allowing him to make quick decisions is better than what we saw, say, against Buffalo or Arizona. Um, and even though he got sacked five times, and it could have been more on, uh, you know, last night, he got sacked a few times in Philadelphia too. You know, what, what, what happened in Buffalo wasn't sustainable. And I think that they definitely, in the last two games, have gotten away from that. Um, last night, you fall behind 17 nothing, and then 27-3, they're – only so many ways you're going to get back into the game and throwing it is going to be the primary way. They didn't even, they didn't even run the football, but I think it's just going to be, it's going to take time and there's no promise that it's going to end, you know, at a pot of, uh, of gold at the end, at the end of the road. But, um, you know, I've seen enough in five games to want to see a little bit more. There's still some things that bother me, like, you know, not just the, the holding on to it and the processing and taking all the sacks, I think he went, you know, under pressure. He looks small in yeah. that pocket. You know, he doesn't. There, there, there have been smaller quarterbacks that play a little bit bigger. He plays tough. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, he is tough and he is physical. But man, in that pocket, when it starts to shrink, 
you almost lose him sometimes. Like, where did he go? And then sometimes he pops (laughs) out, you know, from the middle of, of, of what looks like a scrum. But um, other than that, you know, he can throw it, man. He can throw it and he can extend plays. He can make plays off schedule. And we'll just see if, if they work through all of these things that I think probably held them back in terms of the draft. I mean, I think we're seeing the answers as to why he fell to the fifth round, you know, processing speed holds it too long, you know, tries to make a play too often instead of taking the, you know, taking the check down. And because of it, you end up with a lot of negative yardage plays. Definitely. We're joined by our pal Kevin Sheehan here on the BetQL guest hotline. Make sure you tap into the Kevin Sheehan show Monday through Friday, 10 to one over on our sister station, the team 980. Kevin, got to flip over to the defensive side of the football. And this is where, you know, I, I take the gloves off, so to speak. I, I just can't remember when a group has f- failed to meet expectations. I, I think that's putting it lightly. Washington, and I saw a tweet, and I haven't double-checked it, but I will here soon. Washington on pace, Kevin, to give up the most points ever in a single NFL season. In terms of their shortcomings defensively, what do you think is at the heart of it? Well, I, I think that it's um, – I think the whole narrative about the points and the where they are right now, to me it's more about the last two weeks. Uh, you know, the last two weeks have been really disappointing. And I think, you know, last week you could write it off and say, well, it's Philadelphia, right? You know, it's A.J. Brown, it's Devontae Smith, it's Jalen Hurts. It's the best offensive line in football. Last night, even though I do consider Chicago to be a capable offensive team, they're not Philadelphia, they're not Buffalo. And they got torched in every imaginable way. Um, They, I think it started with coverage last night because of the lack of energy and really the, the, the lethargic way in which they came out. Their tackling was poor. They got gashed in the run game last night. That was extremely disappointing because if you look at, you know, even the Philadelphia game, they had been gashing everybody they had played and they did a pretty good job against the run last week. They just gave up the big play last week over and over again, which happens occasionally against Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Pretty good group. (laughs) But, but, but But last night was disturbing, man. I mean, it, they, they they seem to really lack any sort of cohesion on the back end. Uh, Forbes was a problem last week. Obviously, he was a problem last night. They benched him. I think, you know, and I'm not going to jump off Deron Payne, John Allen, Sweat, and Young. In fact, I think we saw some good plays, uh, some consistency from Chase Young last night for the first time. Deron's <laughs> always making plays. Um, Montez had a, a second and a half and a, and a pressure, but at the same time, they gave up 178 yards a carry, yeah. and they, they, the running backs were all gone by the fourth quarter. They had their fullback in there <laughs> um, playing halfback. So, yeah, last night was really the major was the was the massive disappointment in the five games. They won the first game. The defense did. Without the defense, they would have lost to Arizona. You know, week two, they gave up a lot early, but then they dominated the last two and a half quarters and then gave up a Hail Mary. I didn't think they were that bad against Buffalo. I mean, five turnovers, nine sacks, and like 100 yards lost, you know, lost in in sack yardage is going to, was the reason for that one. Last two games, troubling. And Del Rio better figure it out. I talked about this today on my podcast because mm-hmm. I talked to somebody who told me that Chris Harris is missed desperately. You know, I DM um, Chris Harris between last night and today, Kevin. And uh, what'd you he, say? I'm he, sorry, Linnell. I actually was DMing with Chris Harris between last yeah. night and this morning, earlier this morning, and he he's very aware of what's going on. I, more more just congratulating him on what was what he's doing in Tennessee because their defense is playing well. But he was took took the high road on it. I know he says he misses his guys. Uh, and he's rooting for him. But I think that's a huge point, Kevin. Yeah, I think, I think they miss him. You know, I don't know how much a position coach really, 
you know, it, how much they can really impact. Kevin, he was the I, energy on that side of the football. When you're out there at practice before, this was last year, it was my first training camp. He's the guy that you hear. You would think he's the yeah, head coach if you walked yeah. out there for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I but they clearly miss him. Yeah. And, um, you know, there, there's some issues on the back end for sure. And we knew that there would be potential issues at linebacker and Cody Barton's <laughs> I mean, just, struggling. I mean, you might as well go put some pads on, Kev. No, you don't want me to do I mean, that. It's been horrible, <laughs> dog. I mean, I have to cheat. And it's crazy because Khalid Hudson's on the bench. He's somebody that flies around, but size has always been been his limitation. Have you heard anything on the Jabril Cox front and and how close he is to maybe being on the active roster? Because it can't get much worse than what they're rolling out there. I haven't, and I, I'd be surprised if we saw him before we saw Khalid Hudson because yeah. that's all. We, they talk about, you know, behind the scenes is how much they like 47, you know, Kelly cuts and, and yet he never sees the field. You know, it's funny on, on the flip side, it's like, we really like Danny Johnson and then he's not on the roster. And then, then somehow he ends up, you know, on the field as much as anybody. Yeah. Um, it's five weeks. They're two and three there. We knew they were a middle of the pack team. We were just hoping that if the quarterback play was good and the defense was what we thought it what would be. And it hasn't been, that they could, you know, end up a game or you know above five hundred and 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 snag the set seven seed. Yeah. It's there's a long way to go. It's week to week. Think about the last three weeks, right? Denver, wow. Buffalo, oh my god. <laughs> Philadelphia, wow. Yeah. Last night, oh my god. It's yeah. the nature of the NFL. And last night was troubling. I'm not going to yeah. lie to you, um, but uh, would it surprise me if they came back and played well and won at Atlanta? No, it wouldn't. Um, <laughs> but uh, but there. But it's still a very middle of the pack kind of a team. And let's be honest with yeah. all of our, you know with, with each other. This there's going to be massive changes at the end of this oh, season. 100%. There's going to be a new. There's going to be a new GM. There's going to be a new head coach and staff. And this new ownership group will get their chance to, you know, take the $6 billion that they spent and say, we're going to make some decisions around here, and that's going to be the first thing that happens when the season is over. Got to do something. Kevin, appreciate you giving me your time. As always, I'll be tapped into the podcast for sure. Definitely want to hear Cooley's thoughts on what happened last night as well, my friend. I always Anytime, appreciate you giving me some time. Love talking to you. Yes, sir. That is Kevin Sheehan, ladies and gentlemen. Do I even need to plug Kevin's stuff? I mean, just 20-plus thousand followers on the old X app. One of the best podcasts in the game. Always love catching up with Coach Sheehan. And a lot of sobering commentary from Kevin Sheehan. It's always good getting his perspective. A guy that never gets too high, never gets too low. So for him to be as vocal as he was in his displeasure for what happened last night, mm, 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 it only tells you the half of how bad last night actually was. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, Another question I'll pose for you. We got Dan Orlovsky coming up at 915, so make sure you're uh, sticking around for that. But when we come back, are you more angry at the defense being bad? Or are you more happy and optimistic about how Sam Howells looked through the first month? We'll break that down next here on The Fan. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. Big shout out to our friend Kevin Sheehan. The host of the Kevin Sheehan Show, weekdays 10 to 1, over on our sister station, the Team 980. If you missed any of my conversation with Kevin, you were in luck. Make sure you download the always free Odyssey app. Use the Odyssey Rewind feature and go back to the 830 segment. My conversation with Kevin Sheehan, and I said it before we took the break, man. Just sobering thoughts from Kevin. The one thing that Kevin said... That is really a silver lining positive for this football team after five weeks sitting at two and three after last night's embarrassing debacle. The quarterback position. I do want to focus on Sam Howell here for a second. We will have ESPN NFL analyst Dan Orlovsky join the program coming up at about 9.15 or so. Uh, and he'll expound and give his thoughts on Sam Howell and what he's seen from Eric Bieniemy in this offense for the first month or so of the season. But the one thing that Kevin talked about in terms of Sam Howell, and I love the way he put it. Through five weeks, through five weeks with Sam Howell, a couple of things are extremely evident, right? He can sling it. He can flat out throw the football. And, and I'll be honest with you, the casual fan is probably thinking, well, duh. I mean, I better hope he can throw the football. It's not a foregone conclusion when you talk about Guys coming from the collegiate level to the National Football League. Part of the reason that he fell to the fifth round is because there are some clear physical limitations that he has as a pocket passer. Kevin talked about it. Sometimes he gets lost within the pocket, right? He leads the National Football League in batted balls. You see some of his shortcomings when trying to maneuver within the pocket not getting to the top of his drop, not being able to step up because he can't see. All that being said, all those shortcomings are true, but the fact that he can throw the football, I think alleviates a lot of my concerns. Alleviates a lot of my concerns. He can make every throw on the football field. He's got the wherewithal and the confidence to push the football deep. You see him throw when it looks good and when he's protected, Throws with anticipation and timing. So there's a lot of good from what you've seen from Sam Howell here in this first month of the season. Kevin put it so gracefully. Based on what we've seen through five weeks, I've seen enough to where I want to see more. Right? It's kind of an oxymoron. I've seen enough to where I want to see more from Sam Howell. And let's just call it what it is, right? Last night, 40 to 20, that outcome was not because of Sam Howell in the offense. And I'm not trying to say they were perfect, but they damn sure were not the driving force as to why they got their ass kicked last night. They just weren't. He showed a lot of good things, though. The toughness, the moxie, the spunk, whatever you want to call it, Sam Howell's got it. I say he's got a little bit of CTA in him. Certified tough ass. That's how I describe it. You saw it. He plays the game with a reckless abandon. And sometimes when you use that phrase, it's used in a negative light and viewed through a negative scope. 
it's hurt him at times, right? Sometimes being too aggressive, not knowing when to throw the football away. But man, you you can't tell me that after watching some of the scrambles this year from Sam Howe, that toughness that he runs with, that fearlessness that he plays with, that trickles down to the rest of the roster. It trickles down to the rest of his teammates on the offensive side of the football. And if I'm the coaching staff here in Washington, I'm saying, hmm. Not a guy that says a whole lot. But he's, what did Marshawn Lynch say? About that action, boss. 110%. 110%. I think there's a lot of meat on the bone. There's a lot to work with. There's a lot to like with Sam Howe. But I'm also not naive. I also understand that there are clear shortcomings to his game right now that are hurting this offense. That are straight up hurting this offense. Let's just call it what it is. And I was very critical of Eric Bieniemy after the Buffalo game because I just didn't feel like they consistently put him in position to succeed. And that's just my vantage point. My word's not gospel, but that's just how I felt. The last two weeks, though, polar opposite. I think Eric Bieniemy has given this kid a chance. And you can see, based on the offensive success that they've had in the last two weeks, that it's working. Now, I understand last night was different. He got off to a slow start. They got a poor spot on a Logan Thomas third down play where they ended up going for it on third and inches. That probably should have been a first from the get-go. Beggars can't be choosers. This offense has made strides. And I like what I've seen from him, from Sam Howe. Not perfect, but worth it, so to speak. Question I wanted to pose out to you all. Are you more upset at the defense for being bad or more optimistic and happy at the way Sam Howell's looked here through the first five weeks. Let's go to Mike in Upper Marlboro. What's going on, Mike? Hey, man. I just want to say, first of all, I feel your pain with every word that's come out of your mouth. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> Every word. That, Concerning the offense, um, I'm getting kind of tired of people praising the enemy so soon. He may be good, but he's not being wise. Sam Howell is running for his life literally every play. because we are throwing the ball 95% of the time. I don't even remember running play last night because we're throwing the ball so much. I think he needs to be wise and set up the game plan to make Sam Howell, to groom him into this offense that he's trying to force and and, and build up his confidence. And we have good running backs, so why not use the running backs and allow him to get the confidence to be able to throw the ball at will? The O-line is weak, so – Now that we're throwing the ball 95% of the time, the defenses, we're predictable to everybody. So we're just going to sit back in the end zone or rush the the quarterback with blitzes, and he's constantly running for his life. So I think the enemy is good, but I think he's not being wise and realizing that this offense is not Kansas City. Not now. Not at this point. Hey, Mike, I appreciate the call as always. I mean, make make some good points. Look, I, I agree with it. I was more critical of Eric after Buffalo than I could be the past two weeks. I think the past two weeks he's shown, hey, look, I got to help this kid out. I got to put him and this offense in the best position to succeed. In terms of their lack of balance last night, 10 carries through the entire contest, by the way. It's, It's ridiculous. But I don't want them to run the ball just for the sake of running the football. I've said it on multiple different occasions. They've gone to here in these past two weeks, they've gone to this more traditional three-step West Coast offense where it's the quick game and Sam's making quick decisions with the football. As long as you end up in a third and manageable situation, I don't give a damn if you run the football. I I just don't. I I don't really care. Like, you can throw hitches and put yourselves in a what? In, in, in a second and six situation. Get four yards on first down. As long as they're maintaining and getting positive plays on first and second down, that, that's all you really want. That's the benefit of running the football. And then obviously your play-action passing game is much more effective and much more believable. But, but at the end of the day, to me, man, it, it's real simple, man. It's real simple. If I would have told you, this is going back to the original question, are you more angry at the defense being bad or more happy about what Sam's shown? 
If I would have told you back in August that this defense would be more of a question mark than the offensive line, you'd tell me to shut the hell up. Straight up, you'd tell me, I don't respect your football opinion. What are you talking about? Yet through five weeks, that's been the case. Something has got to give with this group defensively. And I'll sit here and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. I'm not the one that's going to go out and just blame coaches. I'm going to blame players too. Playmakers make plays. Point blank, period. Playmakers make plays. We got a bunch of guys on this defense working for their second contract. Earn it. Earn it. This defense is off to a historically bad pace. Yet guys talking about they want to get paid. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Give me your thoughts from last night. We're getting ready to switch gears here a little bit. We'll preview the week five slate coming up. But I want to run through your calls about what you thought about last night. Washington, 40-20 to 20 losers at home at the hands of the Chicago Bears. They fall to 2-3. and three. And I said it earlier in the show, 30th in yards allowed. 29th versus the run. 28th versus the pass. The regression that we've seen defensively is unlike anything I can remember. They are on pace to give up the most points ever in a single NFL season. What's the reason that this Washington defense is underperforming so bad? And do you think any changes should be made to this coaching staff? I'll run through your calls plus preview week number five of the NFL next. This is the fan. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.